0: Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in today's Clark-rageous moment, yet another retailer finds itself in a negative spotlight, ripping customers off on extended service contracts, extended warranties on items they're buying there. I need to tell you what the scoop is on that when you should and should not consider buying an extended warranty or an extended service contract. And later, there's an amazing deal out there on cell phone service, even for someone not on a family plan so often the good deals on cell phone service only apply to family groups uh, typically of four or more people, but the industry is starting to break away from that with decent plans for one or two people. It is a trend that is your friend if you are not part of a family group. So I want to talk right now about something that was very important in my life, was central in my life uh, growing up. And that was that I was able to attend graduate school for free because of an employer tuition reimbursement plan. And so the employer had some specific requirements of what courses of instruction I was allowed to take, but it was pretty wide on what was eligible, what things I was allowed to study and be eligible for free tuition. And one of the requirements was that in any course, I had to earn at least a B. So I had to pay the tuition. And if I got a B or an A, I then was reimbursed for that. The good news is I always got a B or an A. In fact, I was so frightened my first term in graduate school that I got uh, an A, an A, and an A-, minus because I was too worried that I would end up in a position where I would not get tuition reimbursement. And then after that, I didn't work quite as hard at it, but never got less than a B and ended up getting my master's degree for free. Well, I was surprised to read that just as then and even with the burden people face from student loans that almost nobody takes advantage of the ability to get tuition free or tuition subsidized for college when an employer offers it. Wall Street Journal reported that roughly nine out of 10 mid-size and large companies offer some form of college tuition reimbursement, but that just as when I got my master's back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, that almost nobody takes an employer up on the free tuition. It's in single digits. The percent of people, you know, less than 10% take an employer up on it at all. And sometimes it's because you don't even know your employer offers a tuition reimbursement plan. And that's something that you should ask. And under the law, an employer can pay many thousands of dollars a year to, to you in tuition reimbursement, and it's tax free to you. And the amount is 5,000 something each year that is, in fact, tax free for you to receive. Now, if you go to a school that has pretty high tuition and your employer has a very generous tuition reimbursement plan and you blow past the $5,000 plus, then what happens is the amount past that, you're taxed on it as income to you, but you're still paying much, much, much less than you would normally to get a degree. The most recent company... To bring forward a college degree program is Walmart that announced they're going to offer subsidized college tuition to all its U.S. employees, which is something like a million and a half people. And so they're going to offer degrees that fit their belly wick. So it'll be uh, things that are business-oriented kind of degrees that Walmart workers are going to be able to get uh, tuition reimbursement. And so the employees will have to pay a dollar a day towards the cost of their college tuition. I mean, that's a deal. And this is something that happens at so many places that you may already work at one of them and maybe you're tired at the end of the day and the last thing you want to think about is going somewhere to class or taking an online class or whatever the reason is that you've not taken advantage of it, I will tell you that in my case, getting the master's degree made a big difference for me in my life. And education is not everything, obviously, but in my case, it did make a meaningful difference. And David is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, David. How you doing? Hey, Clark. I'm doing just great. Nice to talk to you. And David, I'm excited to hear that you are on a path to pay off credit cards. Give me some background on that. Well,
1: I'm, I'm half, half good and half bad. I didn't quite follow the Clark method all the way through this, but uh, had some big legal bills for my daughter, and uh, we got into a timeshare. Yeah. And so... Um, I figured out I've got pretty good credit, so I got some offers from banks at zero, you know, zero percent. So I I jumped on those things. Had to pay three percent to jump get on that train, and but I figured it was worth it. And so I'm ready to. They're about. I got two of them getting ready to get. One's gonna be gone this month. I have a thirty one hundred and thirty dollars left on one, and seven hundred dollars left on another, and so that'll be gone in two months. So I'm sitting there going all right, i got credit cards that I don't need anymore. I haven't used them, you know, except for that balance transfer. And uh, I'm ready to uh, say thank you very much, but I don't want the credit cards anymore. And so I was worried about my credit rating and what that would do to it.
0: And it could be devastating to your credit rating. Really? Yeah, believe it or not, uh, do either of these cards have annual fees? No. Believe it or not, it's better to leave them open, even if you cut the cards up so you won't be tempted to use them, Mm -hmm. but to leave the accounts established and open. Because what accounts for nearly a third of your credit score is how much of your available credit you're using. So if you were to close the accounts, it can lower your score depending on what your overall total amount of available credit is, You could Mm -hmm. lower your score by 50, 80 points even more simply by closing accounts. Ah. So it's very much to your advantage to keep accounts open. And the one exception to that would be if you knew that if you had the credit available, you would use it. That would be the one time you sacrifice your credit score and close those accounts. But otherwise. I've been tempted. Yeah. Okay. You are tempted?
1: No, I say I wasn't. I just, when I got the balance transfer, I put the cards in a drawer and then look at them again. I just, you know, just.
0: So do the same thing with these, with any card you have, and keep that credit utilization extra low. Have you checked to see what your credit score is these days? Yeah,
1: it's a 730, 740, something like that.
0: That's great. You're in really good territory now. And. Have you set up monitoring with any of the monitoring things like uh, Credit Sesame, Credit Karma, Credit, any of those?
1: I have not done that, no. I've never frozen any of my accounts like I hear you talk about
0: a lot. All right. So before you would freeze anything, I'd like you to set up a dashboard with a couple of those free services, and Mm -hmm. you're able to see an approximation of your scores and they'll also walk you through the things that could raise your scores up from the 730, 740 category. You're already in a great position, but if you can push them up even more as you paid off these debts, that would be to your advantage.
1: Say say, one of those names of those companies you just mentioned.
0: Okay, Credit Karma. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Credit Sesame. Okay. And Credit. All three of them offer versions where you're able to monitor your credit score and your credit for free. All right. Well, super.
1: All right. Well, then I'll just leave my cards sitting in the drawer. I don't, like I say, I haven't touched them since I got the balance transfer. I didn't, I realized what I was doing, I think.
0: And and by the way, late summer, you'll have no excuse to not freeze your credit because of a new federal law, freezing your credit is going to be free.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: And that's because it's one of the greatest ways you can prevent identity theft is to have your credit, well actually it doesn't prevent identity theft but it prevents harm to your wallet from people engaging in identity theft when your credit's frozen so that's why that's something I'd really like you to look at doing and now we're speaking with BJ on the Clark Howard show hello BJ hello Clark how are you great thank you BJ you want to talk about cars for kids?
2: Yes, uh, I don't have any kids, but every once in a while I hear uh, you telling someone uh, to get a, a cheap old car for the teenage driver, and when I hear that, I just shudder because it reminds me back in the 1950s and 60s when ever my mom was driving us kids somewhere, if she applied the brake, her right arm would go out to protect us from going into the metal dashboard and taking out all our teeth. <laughs> So, so uh, when I think of old cars, I think of no airbags, no reinforced sides for uh, being T boned, no reinforced tops for rollovers, no seatbelts, maybe metal dashboards. Uh, I think the best idea, kind of tongue in cheek, would be for the parents to buy their kids a brand new Model 3 Tesla. Uh, it has uh, what's called the Valet slash kid mode isn't it great uh, let's
0: explain what that is to people it's an electronic uh, setting that parents can put in on the car that essentially lowers electronically how fast the car will go how quickly it'll accelerate and creates a much safer driving mode for kids behind the wheel of the car
2: yes and you don't have to ever buy gas and when or if the battery ever goes dead you can just drive it to a Tesla center they'll lift the uh, car body off the battery pack stick in a new battery pack stick the car back on it and they can drive it the rest of their lives
0: so the problem with that is that most people can't afford a yeah, Tesla 35,000
2: is going to that's that's the uh, the tripper
0: and you know usually when i'm talking to a parent Who's looking for a car for a teenage driver? They're usually looking at one between six and twelve thousand dollars. They're buying a used car, and what you're talking about is a classic issue of trade-off for any parent. Is that if you look at the recommendations from Consumer Reports or anybody else on a car for a, a new driver, they want it to have all the latest safety gizmos, automatic emergency braking, and Uh, lane departure systems and all that but most parents can't afford the technologies that would be the things that would keep a kid the safest behind the wheel and it is a it is a terrible dilemma that any parent of a new driver faces is the where cost meets safety
2: right you just hate to think of putting your kid in a car that doesn't have the latest most up-to-date safety features
0: Understood. And so for me, the compromise for a parent when money is really tight is to do a mid-size sedan. Parents often want their kids in an SUV and the mistaken feeling that that'll make their kids safer and actually makes a kid less safe. And getting a mid car that's low horsepower, four-cylinder, and has at a minimum electronic stability control is really where I like for parents to look when they're trying to save money on that car purchase for their kid. And I really appreciate the idea of the latest, greatest, the Tesla Model 3, but that's something that's so far out of the reach of not just parents for their kids, but usually the parents for themselves. Today's Clark Regis moment concerns a company in the news for people having Rip-off experiences with extended warranties, extended service contracts. This time it involves Guitar Center. I've read some of the reviews of them on the Better Business Bureau website, and I saw a story in the New York Times about the problems people are having with Guitar Center. And this is not unique, that when you allow the salesperson to push you to buy an extended warranty and extended service contract and refer to something you're buying, usually an electronics item, and call it an investment. Oh my goodness, what a joke that is. You know, you should never be susceptible to buying any kind of warranty coverage or insurance coverage or service contract on less expensive items in your life. The thing that is so clear to me, is that people are much more likely to buy some kind of protection plan on a piece of electronics or a musical instrument or a cell phone than they are to have life insurance on their own lives or to have disability insurance on themselves. You know, your, your electronics item being disabled is nothing compared to you being disabled. But worse, the math on these extended warranties, extended service contracts, is absolutely hideous. It is horrific how bad the payout is, even if they'll pay. The big problem with so many times that people buy an extended warranty, which is the big beef with the folks at Guitar Center, is when they pay the big money for the warranty, and then Guitar Center's contractor won't pay for the repair. I mean, come on. If you are going to buy an item of electronics, you need to know that it needs to be something you could afford to buy in the first place, and you could afford to repair or replace in the second place if that became necessary. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make, and you can follow me at Facebook.com. Slash Clark Howard. So we got to talk. If you have to pay your own cell phone bill or just a couple of people paying your own bills, the thing is with the cell phone carriers, historically they've only offered deals in groups of four or more. Well, a lot of people aren't part of four or more. And so it's been tough to find bargains till now. Because the industry is starting to offer more and more deals to either people and payers or even individuals. But Sprint, which is desperate to get more customers, is offering a deal right now where if you will leave somebody else, most anybody else, and come to Sprint, they will sell you monthly cell phone service for an individual at $15 a month. a month plus their junk fees is for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. And it's so cheap that I don't even think people can get their arms around how cheap that is. Now, Sprint is a very damaged brand name. People automatically assume that if you go on Sprint's network, it's going to be a miserable experience. No doubt that's how people feel about Sprint. But because of the proposed marriage of Sprint and T-Mobile, T-Mobile, which now has an incredible network, has made their network available to Sprint customers where they can roam where Sprint doesn't have coverage or good coverage. You roam automatically on T-Mobile. You just have to make sure that the phone you have on Sprint is compatible with the T-Mobile LTE network. So if it is, you're really in the money because $15 a month for monthly service is great. Now there seems to be multiple answers from Sprint how long the $15 a month lasts. At a minimum, it's for a year at $15 a month and that is extraordinary. But what you're going to see this summer is a number of plans being offered that will be cheap for people as individuals or in pairs, And the plans for individuals are going to be between $15 and $30 a month, looks to be where things are going to settle with the off-brand or secondary brand cell phone carriers. And so there's a lot of opportunity that we have listed for you at Clark.com of companies that are cheap, for ones or twos. Now, if you are 55 or over, there's a fantastic deal that's not something that has a ending period, and that is the 55-plus plan that was started by T-Mobile. You pay 70 a month all in. That includes all junk fees, 35 a person, unlimited everything. Now, you may wonder why would you be interested in that if the Sprint is 15. But remember the Sprint is for a limited time. The T-Mobile is an ongoing thing at 70 a month total for two. Sprint has matched that as well. But if that's more money than you want to spend, in any case, I'm looking forward to all the options I'm going to be able to share with you this summer of ultra-cheap cell phone plans that come with meaningful amounts of data. And that is the clear trend in the industry towards prices that are actually good for an individual after the last couple of years only being about family plans being at good prices. And I want to make sure that you know you're not going to be left out as the newer, cheaper service plans become available throughout. I think we're going to see this all summer long. That these new plans come along. Laura is with us on the Clark Howard show. Hello Laura how you doing? Hi
3: Clark I'm fine thank
0: you. Sure Laura you want to ask about something that I wish a lot more people would ask me about but virtually no one ever does. What is that?
3: Um, The health savings account
0: that's offered
3: through my company. um, I I like anything that has a tax advantage, so I started um, with, with this company about four years ago, and I put in the maximum, and they have a match, and since then, I have just been wracked by indecision of what to do with the money that's sitting in the account.
0: Well, it all depends on your resources. So you're putting in 3450 this year, or are you married? Married. So you're putting in over 6000 this year in the HSA? Yes. Correct. All right, so if you can afford it and you don't use any of the HSA money to pay eligible medical expenses, it Mm -hmm. is the best tax-advantaged account you can have, actually tax-free, because you can build up that money year after year after year and let it grow tax-free and be spent tax-free potentially decades down the road. And so it becomes part of an overall financial planning strategy, which then forms how you would invest that money. Are you in a position that you can pay the out-of-pockets or no? Yes. Yeah, so uh, you are in a fortunate few of people who have HSAs that you have the resources to pay the deductibles that you have each year. And so... you want to be in stock type choices with the HSA money.
3: Should I be worried at all about IRS rules or they're coming back and saying things have changed, the the need to get the money out has changed.
0: So, it's always possible that a future Congress would pass different laws, that different regulations would be issued, but it would be extremely unlikely that any legal change or regulation regulation would make money already in an HSA subject to different rules from the rules on which you have placed money in it. So what can happen is a future Congress may say, we don't like HSAs, you can't do them anymore. But it would have no effect on the money you already have in an HSA. You know, it, okay. it, it is understood it is the law of the land that money you put in an HSA is money that grows tax-free and then is used it and its earnings use tax-free to pay medical bills and so I would not worry that that there would be some point down the road where they'd say "Ah, just kidding we're going to confiscate your money or charge some kind of big tax bill on your money
3: okay so as I understand it now if I wish to take out money that I put in let's say two years ago I would possibly be asked by the IRS to show receipts that I spent money two years ago so do I continue to save those receipts
0: so you're worried that they're going to say that expenses you use the HSA on were not eligible medical expenses And so it was an improper withdrawal from the account. So keeping records of HSA spending is a great idea. And it would be something that would be just like how I want you to keep your tax returns forever. Money in an HSA that you have used, that would be money that you'd want to keep the records of how you use the money. A lot of times if it's coordinated with an employer-provided health insurance plan, it's pretty obvious what the money was used for. But if in your case you were manually doing it, keeping proper records is a great idea in the face of a challenge on tax-free status. Okay. And do you have choices in your HSA where you can put the money in like a stock index fund or anything along those lines? Yes. yes. So that would be...
3: In fact, at the beginning, I left it as the cash amount probably for too long, so I missed out on some of the growth.
0: And you'll have down years as well, but if you can leave the money alone, leave it be for a meaningful period of time, the advantage to you is so strong that I hope that you will just put the money in there, invest it, and let it ride for as many years in the future, even into retirement, if you can. It's a fantastic long-term tax play. Adam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. Hey, Clark, how you doing? Great, thank you, Adam. Your company is offering you a deal, it seems.
4: Um, yeah, so after being with my company for... Uh, specified amount of time, we have the opportunity to set aside a, a portion of our paychecks if we decide to do so um, that go into an account that quarterly purchases uh, company stock at a discounted rate.
0: They give you a fifteen percent um, discount on the purchase price. Um, there, I read the. I'd have to go back and read through it again to be exact.
4: Um, this time, it was about eighty percent of the what the current trade price was, was what the purchase was for. So they
0: gave you a 20% discount?
4: Yes. That's fantastic. Should I take advantage of that, or should I take the money that I am currently putting towards that, which is only about $10 a week out of my paycheck, and just put that um, into my 401k?
0: No, I think you take advantage of an employee stock purchase plan, that comes with a meaningful upfront discount. If you're getting a discount on the retail price of on the order of twenty percent, that is a return that's I mean, where else can you start on the twenty-yard <laughs> line instead of on the goal line? Right. It's a it's a great advantage. But I do have a couple of questions for you. What is the holding period that you have to hold the stock from the point at which you would exercise that option?
4: That I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go read through.
0: Because you want to know how long you're locked in. Because let's say you buy company stock at a 20% discount or 15% discount, and you're told that you can't sell it for who knows how long. If that stock goes into the toilet, you just have to watch it go down, and then you're not diversified you have this money right. tied up in the employer stock, and you're getting your paycheck from the same employer. So I look at it as part of a financial picture as long as you're not locked in for an inordinate period of time that you have to hold the shares. Okay. And as long as as, long as 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 long you have the freedom to sell within, let's say, um, at no longer than 12 months from the point of exercising an option, Okay. I'd say you absolutely want to take the employer up on the discounted stock purchase.
4: Okay, now I have a a small 401k from a previous employer um, that is reaching the end of the period where I could let it sit and it would continue to grow with that company. Um, It's about $2,000. Should I just roll that money over into my 401k or should i try to roll that over and use it to buy in more up front in the stock plan
0: no i want you to put it into your existing 401k roll it over okay you know it was money that was diversified money let's keep it diversified okay in an account of that size normally i'd talk about the expenses at each employer's 401k but with just a couple of thousand and the old employer's 401k just move it over and keep your life simple. Do not let them issue you a check. The money needs to go from the old plan to your current plan.
4: Right, and They'll if have they p- cut me a check, I've got to pay 20% tax on it.
0: Exactly. That's exactly right. So that's why you do what's referred to as a trustee-to-trustee transfer, so that the money never comes into your hands and just goes straight into the new employer plan.
5: Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's my pleasure to welcome Stephen to the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Stephen. How you doing? Good. Yourself? Great. Thank you. Stephen, you got some student loans that are hanging on in your life. Tell me about those.
6: Well, I've done a pretty good job of getting rid of uh, a lot of stuff on my, all my bad stuff in my credit, cleaning my credit up. Uh, got a pretty good job now uh, doing a good job of putting, I put 16% into my 401k, which is split between the 401k and a Roth IRA. My employer uh, right. contributes 13%. Um, I'm trying to ramp it up so I'm getting the 18.5 in on an annual basis. Wow. Um, the last part of my credit I'm trying to clean up is getting uh, somewhere around $12,000 of default student loans uh, off. I'm just wondering if it's a better idea to just set up a payment plan through the student loans and get it out of default and get on the right track or take a loan out of my retirement to pay that off completely and then just pay back the loan into my retirement.
0: Well, you are someone who's got a real desire to save, obviously, with the amount of money you're saving. How much do you have to put in your 401k to pick up the maximum employer match? What percent of your pay?
6: Uh, I can put as little as six percent in and I get there thirteen.
0: Right. So I'm gonna make a alternative suggestion and that is I think you said you're saving sixteen percent of your pay right now? Correct. Take it down to six. That'll free up a meaningful amount of money every month and be on a track to pay off that twelve grand instead of going the loan route. Okay. And I would uh, go through the procedure in writing to bring those loans back into um, current status and then be on a track to pay them off. At the rate you'd be paying, you'd be able to get them paid off in about 15 months. Is that about right? I was trying to do quick math and what you'd be freeing up going from 16 to 6.
6: Put, i'm getting another i would be getting another 10 percent of my income on the net side rather than the gross side correct right so that, that uh even after the tax pay, getting it on the net side and paying towards that i should wind up better that way
0: okay so um just make sure whatever you do with that lender is it the federal government or are these private yeah. loans
6: it's well i, I talked to him last week and and there was Uh, five total ones out there and they were trying to I think one of them was kind of stray they were trying to uh, lump it back together to make it one consolidated I guess with them Um, and I need to call them back this week then to figure out which route to go that's why I'm glad to be talking to you about it today.
0: Yeah so just get whatever the deal is in writing before you start paying pay exactly as we've talked about here and that 12 grand plus whatever interest will be wiped out so quickly and then you won't have gone through the procedure of doing a loan from the 401k. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off air for free nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.